Uh, hey there, everybody. Thanks so much for listening to uh, this episode of the NASPA Small College and Universities Division podcast. My name is Jake McLean, and I am your host. On the show today, we have Dr. Kimberly Blea. Uh, Dr. Blea, welcome to the show. Hi, Jake. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thanks for taking the time. Uh, so uh, for uh, the sake of time, I want to be respectful of your time. Uh, we're just going to jump right into our show today. Uh, so tell me and the listeners a little bit about yourself. So um, I am currently the Dean of Students at New Mexico Highlands University. Um, that is located in Las Vegas, New Mexico in the northeastern part of the state. We are a, a small regional comprehensive university. Uh, we are a Hispanic serving institution as well. And uh, that is the institution that I work at. Um, on a personal level, I am a wife and a mother of two children. I have a six-year-old daughter, Alma, and I have an eight-month-old son, uh, Rico Jr. And um, a little bit about myself. Um, I uh, was fortunate enough to earn my bachelor's and my master's degrees here at Highlands University. And I went on to earn my doctorate in educational leadership at the University of New Mexico. Um, I was able to do my dissertation surrounding campus safety uh, requirements and how uh, senior student affairs administrators at small colleges and universities balance implementing uh, those expectations and competing priorities and really uh, looked at it through a leadership lens. Yeah, that's, uh, that sounds amazing. Uh, and the, the leadership uh, nerd of my brain wants to explore that uh, at some point. Uh, so uh, tell us a little bit about how uh, you got involved in student affairs yourself. So what I will say, and I tell this to students all the time who are asking, you know, did you just decide that this is the career you wanted? Did you want to be the dean of students? And uh, the answer to that is no, it totally happened by chance. And I kind of, uh, similar to some of my colleagues, stumbled into the work. Um, I was very involved as a student here at the university, involved in uh, student government, um, and served in leadership roles um, across the campus. Um, and when I was going to school, I was very um, dead set and determined that I was going to be an attorney. And um, well, law school didn't happen because I was very uh, selective as to where I wanted to go. Um, and being a first-generation low-income student, uh, trying to navigate um, what does that mean applying to grad school, specifically law school, and uh, taking the LSAT and all that entails, um, it, it didn't happen the way that, it, that I had uh, predetermined in my mind that it would happen. However, um, it gave me the opportunity to apply for an entry-level position here at the university, um, always having to work two uh, jobs while I was an undergrad student, um, a work-study position on campus as well as an part-time off-campus position. I said, okay, I'm, I'm finishing my bachelor's degree. I need uh, work. I need full-time work. So I applied for an entry-level position in our uh, registrar's office on campus. And because of my uh, familiarity with the campus, um, I was able to um, take on that position and um, do very well. I was the registration specialist. And I say, um, I, I started at the um, 
most opportune but also yet inopportune time, which was um, the week right leading up to the uh, start of the fall semester. And so they said, here you go, this is the training. I dove with both feet in and um, got going from there, direct hands-on experience. Yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah, I think uh, jumping into something like that, I just moved into the same space as our registrar's office, and I saw how uh, insane it can be at the start of a semester. Uh, so, yikes, I can only imagine. Yeah, so it was, it was definitely uh, challenging, but it pushed me to learn the position um, quickly. I needed to do it, but, but also um, it gave me insight to see um, how these uh, colleagues on our campus uh, really, truly, you know, are, are just nonstop for certain periods of time throughout the academic year. Um, and and so, so I have deep appreciation for my colleagues in the registrar's office where I started at. And so uh, what was the, um, so you said that was the kind of entry uh, point to your career. So uh, talk to me a little bit about the kind of evolution from there. Sure. So um, I've always um, been the type of person, uh, both professionally and personally, that I like to be challenged. Um, I, I find I have a lot of intrinsic motivation as a person, but I also um, want to be challenged in my work and feel that I'm contributing either to my um, campus or, you know, my place of work or also um, that I'm nourishing myself individually as a person. And you'll kind of see that theme throughout my uh, story of how I landed up to where I'm at today. Uh, so working in that entry level position, I then said, okay, I'm an employee at the university. I'm gonna work on my master's degree while um, I, I'm working full time. And so I started a master's degree and um, I got my master's degree in uh, public affairs um, and I was able to work um, full-time while also um, working on my master's degree. I did a degree in public affairs with a concentration in applied sociology. And um, in particular, I did my uh, thesis and my research around um, program evaluation of a, a domestic violence service provider um, and looking at cultural competencies and the services provided to um, the uh, individuals receiving care and services at that provider. And so what that did is it gave me the opportunity to look at things from a macro level uh, programmatically. And next, um, I, I had the fortunate opportunity to um, step into a role after taking another position in the registrar's office, working with our center students and our students are, that are at a distance specifically. I then um, applied for a position as the founding director of our advocacy center on campus. Um, a faculty member and a mentor of mine uh, was successful in writing a Department of Justice Office on Violence Against Women campus grant. Um, and so we were successful in receiving that and I was able to um, develop, build and establish um, our advocacy center from the ground up everywhere from, you know, writing policies, uh, doing training, uh, building a coordinated community response team, um, really just doing all of that from the ground up. Yeah, that's. You mentioned earlier that you had a desire to go on to uh, law school, 
And uh, with this experience of being the founding director for the advocacy uh, center, did you, uh, were those kind of the connecting uh, pieces that eventually led to you wanting to uh, step into a Dean of Students role? Uh, no, not at all. Um, I, <laughs> I oftentimes say, well, look, I wanted to be an attorney. I didn't go to law school. And yet I'm always looking through a legal lens in, in which I do my work as a Dean of Students. So kind of like I'm acting in, in uh, attorney uh, lawyer role, but I, I didn't go to law school to do that. So, so I didn't say no, I, this is going to be my next step. Um, but as the director of which is CARES now, our advocacy center, um, I wrote some additional grants to receive uh, some additional funding. So we're doing uh, substance abuse prevention uh, countywide. Uh, we did some other uh, grant work specific to campus and violence prevention and advocacy services. Um, and so I'm, I'm doing this work in um, the role of the director of our advocacy center and bringing in more resources and um, expanding the services that we provide to our community. And then I said, okay, well, I, I, I'm giving, I need to the campus and to the community, what, what can I do to give to myself? And so I applied uh, to my doctoral program and um, I was fortunate that the program I was in was is designed for people who are working in education, um, either K through 12 or higher ed. And so um, I was fortunate to uh, take on um, that endeavor, is what I'll call it. Yeah. Um, you know, working full time and doing a doctoral program and um, being a wife and a mother, um, you know, you, you figure it all out and you make sacrifices and you uh, get it done. Uh, fortunately, again, by happenstance. I still didn't say I want to be the Dean of Students, uh, but my former supervisor and uh, mentor um, happened to be leaving the university. We had a shift in uh, president and administration here, and um, Dr. Minner, who's our president, um, asked um, my, my former supervisor, the former Dean of Students, if there was anybody in his secession plan, you know, that he could think of, and um, Dr. Trujillo uh, mentioned to Dr. Minner that I would be somebody who would, um, you know, should be considered. I, it was an, an added bonus. I was already in a doctoral program. And so uh, the president asked me to step into this position on an interim basis. And so um, I said, okay, um, I did it. You know, not planned, it's all by happenstance, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, not planned, I, I kind of just, you know, said, I'll try it. Um, but I found that I'm really enjoying my work. Um, I made a silly mistake. I was finishing the last, um, when asked to serve in this role, I was in the last um, spring semester of my coursework and um, being naive and um, still learning how to be a, a leader at the executive level, um, I, the president asked me, well, when you, will you be done with your program? Um, and I said, okay, I think I thought to myself, while well, I finish coursework now in the summer, I'll finish my dissertation in a year. And so, um, silly me that I said that, but I'm a person of my word. And so I was, uh, worked diligently, worked really hard with my, um, 
a dissertation chair and um, made it happen. I finished my dissertation, defended within a year and kept my word. And so then I applied for the uh, position um, when the uh, president posted the position and I was chosen as, guess the regular dean of students as a interim. So, sure. so nothing happened um, intentionally in my world other than I guess going for my doctoral degree. Everything else is by happenstance. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> what a what a very interesting story. Uh, I uh, I sit and I think about uh, all of the things that. Um, I've heard a lot of stories about people uh, finding their career paths in student affairs, and I think uh, all of uh, all of the uh, stories uh, share uh, the same thread of happenstance uh, being the, uh, the kind of the center and how everything just kind of feeds into one another. Uh, so it's just interesting for me. Um, so if you uh, had to uh, describe for us kind of what those uh, key moments for you uh, in your growth and development, uh, kind of what those uh, big either aha moments or turning points for you in your career, what would you say those were? Um, I, I would say um, just in general, not one specific, but given all the different um, instances where I could have taken a different path, um, I encourage um, folks and individuals to really just look at the opportunity as you know you never know what you know is possible um, I, I kind of um, as I said being a first gen low income you know really dealing with the um, imposter syndrome that I felt when I started my uh, doctoral program um, but also even serving in this role. Um, there was a moment where, you know, it, it was an aha moment. And, and I think it was really a matter of just, really a matter of just feeling comfortable and confident in, in who I am and what I have to contribute um, to the people that I work with, the space that I uh, share, um, and uh, the students that I serve. Um, it, it was really this aha moment where, you know, just this level of confidence um, came over me and I said, you know what, I, um, I, I can do this. Um, my students here are very, the students we serve here at Highlands are very similar to me. I identify the same way they do. And so for me, it was like, these students have a sense of possibility now because they, you know, see me they see themselves in me and so for me that's very uh rewarding um for me to be able to serve in the capacity that i do and i'm able to um truly bring my whole self into my work because of that yeah again uh just incredible thank you for sharing that uh so as you think about your um your career uh but then your involvement in naspa uh, specifically the uh, Small College and Universities Division, uh, as this is our spotlight episode. Can you tell us a little bit about what your role in the, in the division is? Sure. So, um, I, again, I got involved with the Small College and University um, Division. Specifically, you know, I, I guess 
by happenstance, again, I said, okay, I'm, I'm new in this role and um, I want to get more connected to the profession um, and specifically with um, other similar or like institutions. So I went to the um, Ben Hogan Small College and University Institute. Um, I think it was the uh, first summer after I started um, interim in this position as the Dean of Students and uh, serving as a senior student affairs officer. I wanted to see how others were doing it at small colleges um, across um, the country. And so by going to that institute, it gave me the opportunity to connect with individuals who um, were maybe facing similar challenges that I was um, at institutions of our size. And so um, I got connected, got involved, and then um, the Small College and University Institute happens every two years. And so then I was um, approached after attending that uh, first time um, and was asked to be on the planning team for the subsequent one that was coming up. And so um, really try to just um, get involved um, and, and really um, make sure that I, I was giving as much as I was getting and so now um, for, I was on the planning team for the last institute and now for the upcoming institute, I was asked to be the co-chair of the planning team and I'm uh, happy and excited to serve in that capacity. Um, I, I, I feel um, as an individual at a public small college uh, institution, but in particular a minority serving institution, um, our voices are not always heard in the a larger division, so to speak. Um, and so not always, you know, issues and challenges um, that small private small colleges are experiencing are always uh, transferable or relatable to a small publics. And so I'm um, just ensuring that the, the voice of the uh, small publics are not lost is important for me. Um, but also in particular that other um, layer and in, in being a minority serving institution, a uh, Hispanic serving institution in particular, is um, important for me to, to bring that into the conversation with my colleagues um, in the small college and university division. Sure. Uh, and so um, I know I'm running a little short on time and I wanna be respectful of your time. So uh, let me uh, wrap up with the uh, last question I ask everybody. Uh, if you had to share a piece of advice for anybody in the field right now, uh, regardless of uh, role, title, anything, uh, what would you tell them? Um, okay, I can't just do one thing. I have to okay. say things, right? No, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> I'm so complicated like that. Um, <laughs> but what but I will say is, is two things. And I, uh, you know, being the Senior Student Affairs Officer on my campus, um, I always remind my colleagues and the president of this, um, always um, ensure that you keep students at the center and the core of every decision that you make. That really truly helps me stay uh, grounded in my work and um, being able to navigate those difficult um, issues and decisions that have to be made, especially when you know we're financially strapped for resources or those difficult decisions have to be made. Um, I always keep students at the core of decisions that I make. Um, so I encourage and uh, challenge uh, my student affairs colleagues uh, uh, across 
um, the division and um, you know at all institutions to do that and then on a more personal level um, some advice that um, I say is look at those uh, disguised op disguised events um, because they really can be um, great opportunities for you that can uh, truly uh, change and impact your uh, career trajectory. And I like to say, you know, being able, get, being given the opportunities that I've been given um, has truly been a blessing for me and my family that I know will um, impact, has already impacted my life, but will truly impact the lives of my children um, to as well uh, for generations to come. So don't be afraid. Take every opportunity and dive with both feet in. Yeah, that's the only way to do it, really. Absolutely. Uh, well, Dr. Blaya, thank you so much for uh, taking the time to be featured on the podcast. Uh, I really appreciate your time. Thanks, Jake. I appreciate it, too. Take care.